you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast. It's makeup for an audio podcast. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined in a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. Day two. Free agency. And things are happening, Mark. It's uh, like I always have issues sleeping, but a lot of times, like in, in other times of year, I'll, I'll maybe watch a movie in the middle of the night. It's like constant refreshing of Roto World and constant like uh, online sessions on Twitter for like two or three hours in the middle of the night, please. Let me take you through, because obviously, and this is not a surprise to anyone, but the Jets are always going to be a huge player in this free agency period uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh not the least of which that they had almost more money than anyone. Once the C.J. Mosley con, or once the Anthony Barr contract came out, uh, once uh, it was her, you know, the Le'Veon Bell thing was floating out there. Um, I sent a tweet out, you know, being happy about the direction of the Jets' free agency, and uh, I got a DM seconds later uh, from Mike Garofolo, uh who. A helpful reminder he offered to me, and this, and I respect it. Uh, he's a he's a guy from the region as well. Um, he just wrote to me simply. The tension here is unbearable. Pregnant pause. He wrote, "What's rule number one when you're feeling good as a Jets fan?" Question mm. mark. Don't. Mm. Which uh, immediately I'm like, oh. Jesus, what does that mean? <laughs> Sam Darnold drug bust. That's all he wrote? That's it. And then I wrote him back. Uh, you know, I, I questioned whether Sam Darnold was caught up in a felony type situation. He said, ha, 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 not that bad. But what it was was Mike waiting all night by the phone to be able to confirm that Anthony Barr had backed out on the Jets. And, and then Ian quickly reported that that back out by Anthony Barr could lead to the Jets jumping back into Le'Veon Bell. And as we're taping this right now, and we'll see what happens be nice if everything got worked out in this next you know 45 minutes uh that is in the air so very a lot of a roller coaster of emotion as a jets fan and um that's free agency though I, I think the jets lucked out what they were gonna pay anthony Barr superstar money to have greg williams sprinkle sprinkle some magic dust on him and change his position as a pro i know i know it's the whole thing is like the jets fans and jets were already convincing themselves well he didn't in college and like that okay that that's great but it just you, it's a big chance every free agent signing is a huge chance and that is a huge chance to take i mean you can have a huge bust like tremaine johnson without taking any chances Absolutely. that's a huge chance to take i think they're fine anthony arbar is better off in minnesota i thought the same thing and i live in an irrational irrational fear especially if I was a fan of that team that you bring in Greg Williams and then he brings in his his guys right. <laughs> then he's gone after a year you've changed your defense you brought in a square hole for a round peg or the opposite 
I wasn't I wasn't upset about it. I was more like, uh, that's what he was talking about, referring to Mike. Uh, the Mosley signing, I, I liked it, but the fact that it was Mosley and Barr, I, I thought it was a little much at the linebacker position. So maybe it all uh, ends up <laughs> in the wash. It works out for the Jets. Usually it doesn't though. So I'm I'm waiting I'm waiting on how the other shoe drops. Not a this. cupcake uh, snafu this time around. No, Not, nothing like that. No, and you're still signing people left and right. I mean, you're making C.J. Mosley the richest middle linebacker in the league. You're playing Kalechi Osemele a ton of money. I like Jamison. Cr- I mean, do you now have to tell Darren plenty. Lee you're didn't mean any of that stuff? Well, that's the other part. Well, of you're this. cutting Darren Lee. I mean, it's Mike McCagnan making up, and that's not official yet, but I think that's expected. It's Mike McCagnan making up for a mistake. Even with Bargon? Well, otherwise they have, if it three, saves they have three inside linebackers. Darren Lee, by the way. Yeah, different positions. And so. Yeah, I think Mosley. he's gone. I think they wanted him gone regardless. It didn't really get a lot of pub, but he actually made progress this past season, but then he had the, the suspension, uh, which not only – uh, takes him off the field for the first four games next year. It also removed, reportedly, uh, the guaranteed money, which gives the Jets easy out if they want it. So, yes, the Jets have a lot of money in a GM that's fighting for his job right now, and I think that's a big part of what's going on right now. Uh, McCagnin's going all in. This is not a John Idzik tear it all down as Rex Ryan tears his hair out situation, uh, and we'll see how it works what out. What could go wrong? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but – on balance, still, as as we speak right now, I'm okay with how things are playing out for Gang Green. Uh, C.J. Mosley, uh, I mean, this was a guy, this one hurt, I would think, for the Ravens. This is a guy in his prime, Wes. Uh, I think he was number 12 on your uh, top 101, or that's where he is um, when we started the top 101 free agents uh, list. Um, I like it as a fit for the Jets to get a, a star guy in his prime. What about for the Ravens? How devastating is it? Ravens have lost Terrell Suggs, Eric Weddle, C.J. Mosley, and Zadarius Smith from a defense that was ranked number one for a good portion of last year. Those are all big, big losses. Those guys played major snaps. They were four of the most important players in that defense. And Mm -hmm. I think, especially with the way that Lamar Jackson is set up to play, you're talking about low-scoring, run-heavy games where you need a good defense. So, to me, this is this feels like a year of transition for the Ravens. Yeah, they, they were sort of due to have one of these years eventually. I think the Mosley one is the only one uh, that really pains them. Suggs is, I think, surprising. But I think Mosley's the guy that they just thought, like, that's a lifetime Raven. And he's a really good player. I don't think, you know, I, when you watch the Ravens, I don't think Mosley's this monster difference maker. It's more that he's a leader. He has a great reputation. He gets everyone in the right place. He's rock solid. And you're going to pay a premium if you're the Jets in free agency. The Ravens, I'm not that worried about them just because this is what they do. For years and years, they kind of have these mid-level guys that get huge money elsewhere in free agency, and they always figure it out. So I'm going to give them the benefit and of the doubt. There are only a couple off-seasons removed from getting a lot younger on defense and having to develop the next wave. And it's kind of like, I love all these people on Twitter saying, oh, the AFC North is salted away for the Browns. Give me a break. Like the Ravens and the Steelers year after year have proven that they can lose people and develop right. behind them. Until that's not true, give, don't tell me that the Ravens are out of it in the AFC North. Well, no one was talking about Zadarius Smith a year or two ago, and they have a way of developing guys. And you look at their roster and... You know, they do have some answers. They cut Weddle. That was their own decision. Uh, John Brown, I think, is a big loss for them, too. But it's just it's just a lot at once. I'm not saying hand, hand the division to the Browns, but it's undeniable that one of the early trends of this year's free agency is the talent drain in the NFC, AFC North, I mean. No doubt. 
uh, are we okay with the money that Anthony Barr gets to stay in Minnesota? He had the change of heart. Uh, and like Greg was saying, the they, the Jets were going to attempt to turn Barr into the type of pass rusher he was in his college days. Instead, he stays home in a familiar environment and gets paid handsomely for it. I They know him so well. I mean, he's been in that defense for five years. He probably it might have been his best season last year. That, that or I think it was his second 2015. season. 2015. Uh, yeah, that, that he stood out. But he played well, like. When a, when your own team gives you that much money, like I I just trust. They know what they're gonna do with you, and they self scouted him for half a decade. Especially Mike, and it's amazing how many Vikings defensive players have huge contracts, or just well, Vikings in general. There they could be one fewer because the rap sheet was saying this could cause Everson and Griffin to be shed. Hmm. Well, the I guess if you think about his, did off- not have a good year last year, even when he played. Right. And, you know, he had pretty serious mental health issues, which is a tough thing to cut a guy for, but it is, you know, it's a factor. I mean, it's definitely a factor. Bar, uh, all these guys who get to free agency, you would have saved money if you just had offered him a better contract earlier on. That's fair. Uh, you mentioned Zadaria Smith, who um, uh, came off a big year with the Ravens last year, eight and a half sacks. The Packers, who, you know, for years and years and years and years and years, uh, that's what my son does now when he really wants to express himself, he'll just say really like 20 times in a row. And it's starting to rub off on me. He's got that years and years and years experience on earth too, to <laughs> exactly. look back and with like that four real perspective. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, Zadarius Smith, uh, he heads to the Packers, who now are active in free agency uh, for the past two seasons, a four-year, $66 million deal, like, uh, like we're saying. Baltimore loses another young defender who got the job done. Uh, and the Packers... Uh, they fill a hole here, uh, Wes, at pass rush. Yeah, I think both of these guys, Adarius Smith and Preston Smith, had big, big years last year, 2018. They were also contract years, and really the only years you can say, this was a starting caliber player in the NFL. This was a really good player. In their entire careers, those are the only years you can say it. So that would give me pause if I'm a Packers fan. I think Preston Smith's been pretty solid. That was his best season. He was he's a problem solid. for them. In, he's solid. It, in years past, it was, why can't the Redskins get a better pass rusher opposite Ryan Kerrigan? And now the Packers pay big money for that same guy coming off a career year. It's like Clay Matthews obviously is gone. They got rid of Nick Perry. And the one thing with the Zedaria Smith, it's like, I, you know, you can't, you can't worry about him based on previous Ravens free agents, but like Paul Kruger – Pernell McPhee were guys that had big years and then signed big contracts and went elsewhere. And it's like, maybe it is a little bit of the Baltimore defense, well, you know? When you hear Tony Romo call a Ravens game and he just glows about their defensive coordinator and the scheme and the timing of their blitzes. So to me, that would be a second red flag for Zadarius Smith. How much is it the scheme and how much it is is his talent? And they they kind of And he was the guy that I think they knew was going to be gone just because he was going to get that sort of money. And he, he never played more than 500 snaps until this last year. He plays with a lot of energy. I mean, he's a fun guy to watch. They get a lot. I mean, they the Packers had Nick Perry and Matthews. You replace them with Preston and Zadarius Smith. You're much younger. You're much faster. And it's a it's a test of 
of faith in Mike Pettin. I mean, you're counting on Mike Pettin to also know how to use Adrian Amos, the safety that they brought in, we'll mention, from, from the Bears on a big contract. I mean, it's, it's an that's a good signing, ex- though, extraordinary I think. amount of money that they're suddenly spending. And now everyone out there is like, well, you know, they didn't maximize Aaron Rodgers' prime just because they didn't spend money in free agency. I always thought that's that's kind of a facile, oversimplistic reason of why the Packers had some issues. That's one, one, <laughs> it, one thing, but, you know, it's one of many things that they could have done potentially better. Uh, we'll see if this just suddenly turns him into a Super Bowl. Uh, one point about that. And yes, they're making the defense unquestionably better. Everyone in this room likes Mike Pettin and uh, giving him more uh, toys to play with could help the Packers be a better team because they haven't been for the last couple of years. But what about the idea of building around Aaron Rodgers a little more because it hasn't happened yet. Maybe it's all about the draft and they're going to bank on nailing those picks, but I did not see a, a great supporting cast around Aaron Rodgers last year, and so far it's not better. I mean, I think the, like the, it's weird because the draft is very heavy in defensive line and pass rushers, but this free agent class is dominated by pass rushers too, and there's a bunch of teams that have like basically checked that box and they don't need to necessarily use the draft for it. I like Mike Pettin because he is bald and has better hair than dumb capers. Mm. I mean, a- Amos is getting $21 million over his first two seasons. <laughs> Wait, he's bald and has better hair than Yeah, I get it. Bald head everything. is better than, like, crazy fake hair or whatever it was that Dom oh, Capers had. I never, you know, as a hair guy, I never really plugged in on Dom's hairline. What was going on with it? Well, it Just like, do a little work, and you're, we don't have to spend a lot of time on the show on it, but there was something very look, mysterious Looked like it might have been a little artificial or, you know, not really <laughs> artificial as much as you can just go buy it at the, the old Brian right. Urlacher. At well, the it was store. like, no, a, not, like not a so much level. that. More like an old wig store from yeah, the 70s. Yeah, like, a, like a bad Lego hair almost. But, no, I'm sure a very nice man, so like, I don't mean to go down that road. So I feel like as a toupee, we're reporting <laughs> Okay. It's possible. The, we think so. I've looked at it up close. You, you never really know. It's By the way, men uh, of the world, and yes, I, I physically, some ways I'm not fortunate. Some ways I am. Hair, I am very fortunate. Uh, go the Wes, Chris Wessling route. Wes is a better looking man now than he was 10 years ago, and it's because he just embraced it and made it work in a really nice way. Do not, you know. Maybe if you're Erlocker, because we talked to Erlocker at the he's Super Bowl. A, he's a large, large man. Giant man. And I thought it looked good up top, but when you're a millionaire, you can get those type uh, of treatments. He looked better bald. The I think hair he piece, better though. Bald. It's over for the hair piece. Well, yeah, oh, that's, that's as a, a society. It, let's it move on. That's a, I thought we did. Yeah, I think people <laughs> the have. The rug, it's, as they say. Not everyone. Yeah, that's as stale as that Don Capers defense there. Ouch. Breaking the tie news. together. Greg like, on fire. But, so you weren't uh, fired up, by the way, Dan, about the Billy Turner signing for $28 million. <laughs> And there's been some wacky offensive line uh, money being thrown out, including the Packers doing that on, on their guard. I mean, paying a lot for I missed the Billy Turner signing. I got to be honest with you. You're, you weren't plugged in on that? You're, yeah, no. You're paying, they're paying a lot. All right. Listen, we got a surprise guest. We like to hit the audience with a treat every once in a while. And sitting to my left right now, Charlie Casterly of NFL Network, former general manager. The man's got a ring. Two even? Four. Four, Four rings! <laughs> the man. Two times two. The host did not do his homework. Charlie is in the podcast studio for the first time. Charlie Casterly, welcome to the Around the NFL podcast. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. You guys do a great job, and I'm, uh, I'm glad I could share a few minutes with you in between shows here. I know. You're a busy man right now. I would wear the four yeah. rings just to help me, just to have it on each <laughs> hand. And you They're it awkward, okay? <laughs> um, all right, Charlie. Yeah. So excited to have you here, and it's it, – it's Charlie season right now. Is what I said it downstairs yesterday. You have a little office right next to where we are, and you've been in the news a lot. 
Okay. You want to know how much you've been in the news, Charlie? No, I don't. But anyway, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Here's a headline from today's uh, or yesterday's New York Post. Josh Rosen next on ex-NFL execs Warpath. Hey, I'm just telling the truth. You can't handle the truth. Okay, don't take the truth. <laughs> well, let's so why don't Josh we... Josh Rosen, the book on him in, in college, you know, needed to work harder. Okay, needed to be more disciplined. Needed to uh, communicate better with his players. The book on him in Arizona, exactly the same thing. Hey, this guy has as much talent as anybody is going to be in the last year's draft or this year's draft. Is he going to get it? Uh, or is he not going to get it? We're going to find out. Mm. So you've is, heard, he, is he Ryan Lee for what? So you've heard some – it's not just basing it on the college evaluation and what you heard in college. You've you've talked to some people at the pro level who believe he needs to still mature in terms of his work habits. Absolutely. Well, I, I, I said what he needs to do is wherever he goes, find out what time the janitor opens it up and get there <laughs> with the janitor. I mean, you got to be the first one in the building, okay? Uh, you got like can- you often are at NFL Network. That, that's true. That's true. I'm meeting the night show, and they're still working. But anyway, <laughs> so uh, and they're nice people too. We, we talk sometimes. But the thing is this: uh, he's got to connect with his teammates, the offensive line. Take them to dinner every week. You know, they'll love you a little bit more. They'll fight that extra uh, uh, you know minute for you. The other thing is, in college, he go off the radar. You have the game plan, and he start forcing things. He start doing his own thing. He did that with the team last year, the Arizona Cars. Now he had no help. We got that, but those basics should be ingrained in him. So you've spent your entire career building up this network of sources, and you're passing along the information you get from them. Yeah. Do you ever wonder, in all these people you've known for years and years and years, is there ever a point where you think, are they using me to further their own agenda? No. I, I let me say this. You know the ones that are going to do that, okay? And the ones, first of all, I never name any names, right? All right. So when I do name names, it's in a different set. Uh, if I'm working, if I feel that certain guys should be head coaches in uh, the NFL or college, uh, it has nothing to do with them giving me information or not giving me information. In fact, I had one guy who said he got mad at me, uh, and we had a little talk. I said, "Well, you're not ready for that job." I said, I'm not going to go on television and say you're ready for a job you're not ready for. So, hey, you know, hey, we don't talk anymore. But that's his decision. So that's it's the same. <laughs> the Kyle Murray story, story yeah. was the big story at the combine that you came out and said on NFL Network that he didn't have a great combine it, 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 interview. Interview. It was yeah. not the interview was not exactly how if you're a GM you would want it to have gone. Uh, how and you got you got criticized for that as well, Charlie. And it, to me, it was at least from outside uh, the media, this idea that if you say anything critical about these guys, you, you have something out for them. But I can tell you something, talking to Charlie, the man only has it out for the Nationals for letting Bryce Harper get out the building. <laughs> like, I, I, we, we've seen, we've worked with Charlie for years, and you're grinding, you're on the phone all the time. The, there's no agenda for a casserly in this spot. No, basically, I, I took multiple people that I've known for years, that I trust, and I've had a lot of conversations with. They told me what went on in the room, which I can't repeat, but it was not very good. He did not have a good interview. Now, he did not have a good interview. That's 15 minutes. That doesn't mean he can't play in the league. There have been other quarterbacks that have won playoff games that had poor interviews. Whether he was poorly prepared or that's just not his stage to be able to do things, that's all it was. Mm. When I've gone on uh, television here, I've, I've said, hey, I like the guy. I said, the guy's a terrific prospect. If you put him in a shotgun offense and run spread concepts, there is a way to win with a five foot ten quarterback. Uh, that can be done. So I've said that. I've said versus Mahomes and him, Mahomes, he's better than Mahomes in college on pocket presence. Mahomes would take it and run. This guy didn't take it and run. He'll look and then he'll run. 
All right? And that, I mean, that's a positive. I talked to a college coach that I trust who knows them both. He'd take Murray ahead of him. I said all in the air. You know, people want to take things and go with them uh, as they fit, okay? And when you've been in the public stage, which I've been for a long time, uh, hey, you just let it roll off your back. You want that. Mm-hmm. I thought you had more time today on NFL Network to kind of unpack some of that stuff. But when you look at the Cardinals, yeah. because there was the owner that came out with such a strong statement saying, I know. absolutely, it's Josh Rosen. He's our guy. Cliff Kingsbury arrives. The you know the GM has had a bit of a rocky one or two years inside that building. What is your sense of the power structure and why the messaging changed so much? Is it Cliff Kingsbury's uh, pack to lead here, or is he sort or is someone is, is the inside perception in the Cardinals that we're starting to get sold by Kyler Murray, where we absolutely were saying not possible a month ago? I can't answer your question specifically. I can say this: uh, I talked to a coach who was interviewed by the Cardinals. Absolutely, Rosen was their quarterback. He didn't like Rosen. He didn't get the job. I don't think he told them he didn't like him. But he, but that was it. Rosen's the guy, see. All right, so now, well, obviously, we've listened to the messages from Rosen's the guy to uh, he's our quarterback for now to we haven't made a decision, okay? So it sounds like they should have been saying the first thing, we haven't made a decision in the beginning right. instead of now. Right. Uh, to me, if you hire Kingsbury, who's, who we don't know what he is as a, co- a pro coach. We have no idea, all right? He's going to be creative. Well, we don't know what creative means, okay? Andy Reid's pretty creative. Matt Nagy's pretty creative. Um, so he's going to be – so give him his quarterback. Hey, you want this guy? Go take him. Now, Rosen, what do you do with Rosen? That's really the question, okay? Uh, because if you give him away for a third – Rosen may be a bust, but Rosen may wake up someday and allow his talent to surface through coaching slash work ethic and become a great quarterback. He has the ability to be a quarterback. He's got great skills. Um, If you keep him and he beats out Murray, okay. Now Murray says, you know, I got that baseball over here. I think I'll take a walk (laughs) to baseball because he can do that. Um, If Rosen doesn't beat him out, well, then you got a hell of a quarterback in Murray. When, so it's 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 not a simple answer. I would not give away Rosen for nothing. That's I guess where I would start. Right. Hold hold on to him. And see what see see what you can get when you're when you're about to do that hit on on up to the minute, Charlie. Are you kind of thinking in the back of your head like, oh yeah, ESPN producers, you better flush out your A block tomorrow because Casserly is about to break some news. This bomb's gonna drop all over the NFL. Are you getting fired up? Charlie's looking. No, I, 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 I don't think of things. So, to be honest with you, I, I'm a little naive. I, I didn't realize it would get that much publicity because of this. Hey, yeah. the guy had the interview, I don't know, Wednesday or something on Thursday? Let me say this. I've seen those interviews get go out the next day. Okay, I was a little surprised that nobody put anything out. And I thought, and I didn't ask about Carl. I asked about the four top quarterbacks. Give me all the four top quarterbacks, mm-hmm. okay, from multiple teams. And, and his was the one that was over here. The others were all pretty much uh, in, in the positive side without any real issues. So, hey, here's what it is. So, anyway. What is uh, a move that you've seen in the last two days that kind of jumps out to you as a home run move for a team? Well, uh, Minnesota <laughs> stealing by Anthony Borback, really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a hate to say that. So, and I've, I've been, I don't know if I've ever was in one like that, but uh, let me say this. You're going to strangle somebody when you when you when you lose one like that. Say, hey, you agreed to this deal. Uh, you know, Mosley obviously get, getting a 26 year old or whatever he is in free agency. That's a pro bowler. That's what you're trying to get. That's what you're trying to get. So you know that one. I marked down some things. I did something with with Taylor uh, Scotty 
uh, for her Instagram there, just plugging that for her oh, uh, on this. That. But we Love did uh, the, uh, the Browns. We talked about them improving their pass rush. Olivia Vernon and Sheldon Richardson. You go with Miles Garrett now. You can only double maybe two guys. You can't double three. So all of a sudden they got three pass rushes, which is pretty good. So uh, that was one in, team there. In your, in your yeah. past um, in the front office, did you ever have an Anthony Barr type situation where you kind of it was a handshake deal or an agreement in place and you kind of got whacked in the end? Because it feels like something you know, that would stick with you, stick to your Charlie, ribs as a no, GM. Well, you'd have some uh, that are co- like college free agents or some right. uh, things that are maybe below the radar and stuff like that. No, no, nothing as high profile as, as Anthony Barr. What, what uh, do you think about the Jets in general? Like, uh, you know, I know you have, a, you have a past history with Mike McCagnan, yeah. their general manager. You work together. You, you know him. Like, what are you kind of looking at where he's at in his, in his time with the Jets? And then obviously a very aggressive offseason so far, even though, you know, Barr ended up going back. Yeah. They have added a, a number of starters. Yeah, you know, when he went in there, uh, and I think they did the right thing, they they went for like a two-year plan to win right now without sacrificing the future as far as draft choices or cap room to establish uh, some validity in the market because it was really down at that point, and they almost pulled off the playoffs that first year. Then getting Darnold was, was brilliant because he, he was aggressive, trading up early to get in a position, and fortunately he got Darnold. Otherwise he would have gotten you know Mayfield maybe, okay? So, but they would have gotten a quarterback, so they've got that. Uh, they're being aggressive in free agency. The bar one really hurts them, I think, in losing mm-hmm. him. Because if they got bar, that means on their first pick they'd get a pass rusher, they'd have two bookends. See? Which they've not had in a thousand years. That's right. So that, that, that one hurt. We'll see how they rebound in this, but they're off to a good start. Uh, they've got to have a good draft. But, he, you know, he's hit on the high picks. He's got to do a better job in that middle round part. I'm nervous, Charlie. I'm nervous. I wanted that center, my, Matt Paradis. He's going to Carolina. The Jets. Still, I'm a Jets fan, Charlie. They need. Yeah. <laughs> they need to get. They need to do some more work. But I, I like the CJ. Well, the, the bar thing side. hurts him because it took him out of the market in a critical time when Brutal. they could have been negotiating for other players. Mm. That that's where it hurts him. That's so. a good, good point. One of my pet peeves, Charlie, is yeah. bringing in a new only one. Yes, this is my major pet peeve. Wes has many pet peeves. Struggling franchises, you often see them bring in a new defensive coordinator, change the personnel, change the scheme. Then that defensive coordinator is out after two years. You change your whole scheme. You trade it away. So when I look at Anthony Barr and Greg Williams, Greg Williams is notorious for this. He only lasts a couple years no matter where he goes. Gets rid of everybody who was on the defense before, brings in his guys. Is this a necessary evil or is it something where maybe he should be adopting to the talent that's already there? You should take the talents that's already there and work with it. Now, here's the thing what bothers me about Greg Williams. He's a 4-3 guy. This is 34 team. Now, he, he said he's got 37 defenses or something like that. The guy is creative. The players play hard for him. They'll buy job offers, him. too. He's got more defenses than job offers. That's right. <laughs> but coming the, out of his ears. The players will buy into him, and they'll play hard for him. And I, and I give him credit for that. But I'm not so sure – I want to see him coach the 34 defense. Mm. He's a 4-3 guy. If you have got to go to the 4-3, you go to the 4-3. Um, and then you That's have to what make I wanted adjustments. To hear. So, Sometimes the coach has to adjust to the players. Absolutely. And here's the thing. When you take over a, a team, not every player is bad. All right? And when you take over an organization, not everybody in the organization is bad. So throwing everybody out, uh, I've seen people do that. That's an ego thing. That's not the right way to do it. It feels like the Raiders have been doing that a little bit over the last year in terms of getting rid of players. One of the first conversations. Well, here's the thing with Gruden. See, uh, he worked here one spring. And I said to him one day, I said, John, did you have a 100-man roster when you coached? (laughs) You love everybody. And then you fire them tomorrow. (laughs) 
Okay? <laughs> Greg's been saying that for 15 years. Now, here's one I haven't said. What, did he say? what was his response? He had none. So. <laughs> they haven't spoken since. But, uh, now, he, he's he, no longer on your list of sources. Yeah, he, he, I want to see the no, list. He's, he was never a source. He was I, never a source. I want to see the guys that, yeah. that, Charlie, that were on the source list that they fell out. Like, how long is this list? Is it uh, hundreds and hundreds of executives and agents and people throughout the league? Who's on the dead list? Let's dig into that. <laughs> uh, hey, they're, they're, they're gone. They're not anymore. So. We, we, we don't want to exist it's, anymore. If we ask something like that list. again, we might be on the dead list. <laughs> no, uh, you're, you're over on this list over here. So, anyway, you're, you're, on, you're on the good list. All right. Good. Yeah. God. Got to be on the right list with Charlie. By the way, Charlie. Yeah. As you're hearing right now, everyone, the listeners, straight shooter, the straightest shooter in the game, listen to what he has to say. And he's all over NFL Network right now. All over it. It's casserly season. Hey, it's, hey, we're going over to the boardroom next there, okay? Oh, my God. I mean, <laughs> we, give, we hit you on in between quarters here. I know, and we, we really appreciate it because we know you're a busy man. Check out Charlie on NFL Network. Follow him on Twitter at Charlie Casserly, and that's L-E-Y. He mixes it up. Calling him on Instagram. Runs he, a good he, Instagram. Charlie Casserly has a strong Instagram mm. game and could be teaching Taylor Bashotti and other people some lessons. So. Wow. <laughs> Casserly on the gram. Get your national news there. All right, then. Charlie, hey, we great appreciate with you, guys. You. Thanks, All right. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks, Charlie. Thank there we okay. go. Charlie Casserly, back to the grind. Thank you, sir. Okay. Thanks. And off he goes, and we continue on. Love Charlie Casserly. Teddy Bridgewater. He's sticking around, boys. Staying with the Saints, uh, deciding it's better to uh, uh, stay as the understudy to a 40-year-old Drew Brees rather than perhaps go to the Dolphins, who, according to NFL Network's Jane Slater, had a bigger offer uh, than what the Saints uh, were uh, willing to give him. But still, he decided to stay with the team mark uh, in New Orleans that's in a Super Bowl window. Uh, And I guess, Mark, and we've been talking about this for a long time, it didn't help Teddy that the timing was terrible when he finally got to free agent as a healthy quarterback. No, I, you know, Charlie mentioned what he thought were some of the more interesting decisions and free agent transactions. This was one to me because you don't often see a quarterback, uh, you know, put off the idea of becoming a starter somewhere. They, it, it sounds like they still want to release Ryan Tannehill. You're stepping into a starting role under a new coach, um, and you go back to what maybe career-wise, if if Drew Brees has one more season. Uh, let's say then you'd step in next season on a much a team with a much stronger base, a stronger coaching staff from what we know today, and a better chance to step into like a, a consistent spot. So I don't hate the decision for Teddy Bridgewater. I just find it a bit unusual to step away from more money and a chance to start. Well, I want to see the money. They're not none of the money's out. Well, there. how about the chance to start as a NFL quarterback? Do, that you don't think that matters Be- at all? I'm I'm guessing it doesn't. I don't. I th- think he's getting a backup contract in either place. When they don't show you the money at first, it's because it's not a very good contract because no one's proud of it. The agent's not proud of it. They're not trying to use it for advertising. If I have to guess, I would guess he's getting paid to be a backup in New Orleans, and he was going to get paid to be a backup but a little more in, in Miami. Maybe that's $5 million from the Saints, and it would have been 6 or 7 from Miami. If it's anywhere close and you had nothing close to – uh, a guarantee or even a likelihood of starting in Miami. I mean, New Orleans is a no-brainer. It's a great decision, a calculated risk with foresight to stay with Sean Payton, to stay with the talent that they have on that offense, especially the offensive line. Can anyone name more than one Miami Dolphins offensive lineman right now? Yeah, it's like you're going. You would be going to a troubled potentially you're a, organization. You're a sacrificial lamb in Miami. The only thing I would say about 
Teddy Bridgewater is that you're definitely one of those quarterbacks that needs to put tape out there sooner than later. You're going to wait two more years of what, maybe taking 15 snaps over the next two I years. Then what are you? And he he's, he's 26 fe- years old. I mean, he's not a he's not like he's he, an old guy. He fetched a third round pick. The Jets signed him to the bargain basement deal last year, and then moved him, flipped him to the Saints uh, for a third round pick. Uh, I guess I'm still surprised that his value remains depressed. It didn't help again that the market was small, but and. I think that was the main thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just the a guy that has had a star-crossed career, both physically, now he has a chance maybe to hit the market and be ready to go. And again, he's, he decides. And I agree with Wes. Ultimately, not a bad decision because who knows how much longer Drew Brees is there. Right, and or it could be a thing where Drew Brees plays for three more years and he this right. contract comes and goes, and he hasn't done anything. Right, but here, here's my thing. If any team wanted him to be a starting quarterback, he would be on that team, but no teams did. I mean, the Dolphins, the Dolphins did, did, but at a cheap rate. From everything we're hearing, he was going to get a chance to compete to start, possibly with two other people, and he was getting a backup contract. That is not that is not necessarily uh, saying, hey, we want you to start. Like, hey, we're going to pay you even $15 million, $18 million. I think if he had that offer, he would have taken it, and that's fine. And, and now he's smart. Well, to no, I don't want to belabor it, but I guess the one thing for me is, like, the, it, we're talking about the mentality of an NFL quarterback. It's not just simply about money. What You are also telling people, I'd rather be a backup than compete for a starting job in the NFL. I don't care what team it is. Like, you had – quarterbacks, does not. But quarterbacks, does with, quarterbacks without options – typically wind up going to bad teams. But a lot of people are miserable in miserable situations. And Miami certainly looks like a miserable situation. This isn't like a middle manager at IBM. This is a People find their happiness in happy situations. Well, all right. That's that's fine. It sounds like they're interested in Tyrod Taylor. I I just have the feeling that they want to draft someone that it was at best going to be a situation like the Jets where very well they might end up drafting a a guy in the top five. They might move up to to take one, and you're battling against another veteran, and the risk of that happening – uh, I think it would be too much to, to leave New Orleans for. Let's move on. Honey Badger has a new home. He's on his third team now because he uh, agrees to a three-year, $42 million contract uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs before uh, Wes' uh, free agency window opened. Uh, he tweeted out that money's great, but uh, rings are better. Well, he just went to a team that a lot of people install as the AFC favorite. Good fit? I think it's a very good fit for a secondary that for parts of the season last year was, I thought, the worst in the NFL. And I don't think they can count on Eric Berry to ever be close to what Eric Berry was in the past. And now he looks like he might be a candidate for release. Tyron Matthew was out of a position on a few plays last year with some miscommunication, but I thought physically he was back to almost where he was before the second of his ACL injuries. He's one of the big winners in free agency. I think – Houston was it sounds like they were in on Matthew to the very end that 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 his price was, you know, 10, 11 million dollars from Houston. He didn't, you know, per season, didn't take it right away. Once the Landon Collins contract dropped, Ian Rappaport believes the price for Matthew went up. And then these two teams are bidding against each other. And Houston was was pretty disappointed that they ended up losing him. He gets 14 a year just three years after he tears his ACL for a second time. Like he is a great example of a prove it contract working out 
absolutely perfect for him. I don't uh, think the Texans necessarily came that close to the final offer. They talked about it being like 9.5 to $10 million per year. As a backup offer and a fallback, the Texans go and get to Sean Gibson, who was uh, let go by the Jaguars. Uh, but he will, I guess, help to alleviate some of the sting of losing Honey Badger. Uh, but, yes, it's it's would it not be surprised if the Texans are very disappointed right now how this all turned they out. They also signed Bradley Roby at cornerback. Yeah, I mean they've they've essentially got a brand new secondary. So Gibson, it's like everyone who needs a safety can get one this off season. Gibson is a a cheap enough. Like there's more starters available at safety than any other position. Roby to me was a great signing, very similar to the Tyron Matthew signing from a year ago, where you're getting a guy kind of at his value low. But if you want to keep him, it, it's tricky. Like the Matthew thing worked out for the Texans in that you got him for a year. Uh, but ultimately, they weren't aggressive enough, and, and they only got that one year out of him. You could see that happening with, with Roby, too, because he's that kind of talent. Uh, let's move on to the Broncos. They're making moves. Uh, Juwan James and Kareem Jackson both join join the fray. Greg, uh, John Elway, spending some money. Your thoughts? I mean, I kept seeing Juwan James is now the highest paid right tackle in, in the league, you know, by a good amount, which is something we, we talked about a couple of weeks ago on this podcast, that that's going to happen. Because I think people see him and they think he's a, a slightly above average starter and he's available. He might not be the highest paid right tackle because I have a feeling Trent Brown's going to play right tackle uh, for the Raiders, it sounds like, and he'll be paid even more. But that is just a ton of money at a position. They've spent tons and tons and tons of money on their offensive line and none of it has worked. So I don't know. I don't know why I have faith that it's it's going to work now. They have something for him because there were trade rumors bubbling up a year ago about the Broncos chasing after James. Well, his he had one of the assistants there was was with him in Miami. The assistant offensive line coach was with him in Miami for three years, and I guess was a big fan. They say one of the rules for being a general manager at free agency time is don't go sign a player just because he had the best game of the year against you. <laughs> Kareem Jackson against the Broncos last year had the best game I saw by any cornerback in the league and one of the best tackling and hitting games I've ever seen by a you, cornerback. You've been talking up that game. Like <laughs> it, it, watch it Watch it on Game Pass. It is one of the best cornerback games I've ever seen. He just a lays clinic. the wood the entire game on Broncos receivers, tight ends, what have you. The Raiders. They're kind of a weird – Just I know we don't want to belabor, but they're kind of – they remind me of the Raiders where they just keep, like, changing their plan every year. You trade Aqib Tlaib in theory because he costs too much money, and then you sign Kareem Jackson a, a year later for as much or more money. The Raiders keep on uh, spending money. The Rams decided they didn't want to uh, pay LaMarcus Joyner anymore. They let him test the market, and Oakland swoops in and gives the safety a four-year, $42 million deal – we like this one? Well, I think it adds speed to a secondary that desperately needed it after playing guys like Reggie Nelson and Leon Hall and Carl Joseph at safety the last few years. I mean, Leon Hall and Reggie Nelson both in their mid-30s. So getting the young legs back there, I think that's a good signing. They are one of the teams that has not gone after major pass rushing help, and they're sitting in the draft where they can do that. But what did they have, 13 sacks last year or something? Mm. Like an astonishing league low that was like vastly behind number team number 31. I mean, how about LaMarcus Joyner? I mean, the only uh, real memorable moment, or at least one of the only ones from Hard Knocks, is when he walked in and said he'd tell Jeff Fisher he'd go work at Walmart if he uh, if he didn't get put in a better position. You remember that? He was yes. like, I'll, I'll work at Walmart. It's fine. Like, he was ready to retire. Now here he I is. I think he was lying. <laughs> 
He doesn't need to worry. He go buy a buy a Walmart right now. That's the shortest uh, safety tandem maybe in NFL history. I mean, he's five eight, and Carl Joseph's what five nine, five eight, five nine. I mean, just throw some jump balls up there on the old Raiders. Hey, Mark, the Colts had more money than anyone, but they're not spending a lot. Uh, maybe that's Chris Ballard. That's his move. He doesn't want to invest heavily in free agency, and that's fine. We won't judge him. He did make a move, though, on Tuesday, though, agreeing to terms with Devin Funches, formerly of the Panthers, a one-year deal, max value of $13 million. Uh, I don't know. What do you think about this one? I don't know uh, about this one. This one kind of threw me a little bit. I don't think, it's a, I don't think it solves all their issues. And I, but for me, I, the one thing about – I'm Chris, seeing it out there that they, that it does solve all their issues. Well, then they're they're great. But <laughs> Chris Ballard like said it over and over at the combine, like, when, and it was in regards to Le'Veon Bell or Antonio Brown. It's like we're not going to chase after people that don't fit what we're doing here. And and then it sort of says like, well, obviously the Colts have all this cap money, so they're going to surprise us and go make all these signings, and they've done none of that. So maybe they'll be one of the smarter teams where now that all the headlines die down and people chill out. They start adding Chris Ballard type pieces that are right. a much Reagency different financial started picture. technically for, you know, for, for what it's worth. So they might end up being very active, but you're right. They're going to be that team that kind of waits for bargains. I don't know if I like that. If I were a Colts fan, I would like that. It, $10 million dollars it. is not a bargain, but it's a one year contract. It's a 10 million based salary. It gives them some physicality. And I kind of try, I, I trust their coaching staff to figure it out. Well, it, this is all about timing. He had a horrible last year last year, did not catch the ball well, did not win at the catch point well for a guy who's 6'4", 230. But I thought he played really well the year before. 2017 was a good year. So if he had made free agency the year before, I think he would have cashed in. Well, there was a time when Ron Rivera called him, other coaches too that he was the most promising player on the entire Panthers offense. It just feels like a long time ago. Uh, the Bills uh, made a play for Antonio Brown, uh, kicked the tires. Maybe a deal almost got to, done, maybe it didn't, but they were undaunted either way, and they've been very busy. The Buffalo Bills uh, signed uh, slot receiver Cole Beasley. They also got John Brown. They got Smokey to add to uh, the weapons around Josh Allen, the second-year quarterback. And then they go out and get Mitch Morris, who was one of the top centers on the market. Tyler Croft also added to the mix. That's a lot. And don't forget, Greg, yeah, boy, Frank Gore. Oh. oh, so Ty and Secchi. Ty and Secchi. Why One of the best lead with swing him? tackles in the NFL. Let's, let's get to Gore in a second, but let's start. We had uh, the receivers in there too, right? I mean, this John Brown like, and Colby. Yep. John Brown and Colby. I mean, they this have is, been – this is a team that is making a move. They're trying to get respectable. And just like down in uh, the Meadowlands, they, they're trying to build around Darnold. Allen deserves a shot too to have some weapons around him, Mark, and, and now they do. I mean, the Bills needed everything on offense. <laughs> like everything. And so – you have to be aggressive. This is one team that, yeah, you can say, like, let's not, you know, go crazy in free agency and build the way the Patriots do. But you almost have to wonder who would still be there a year from now if that offense didn't progress. And you've got a second-year quarterback. I like the John Brown signing. Um, I, Cole Beasley, to me, I mean, these guys made some cash here, but they needed everything. They haven't. They're not in a great position to to wait for the draft at all. They needed like NFL receivers, and so John yeah. Brown's a risk. But if anyone can go. Uh run down a We still think he's a risk? I mean, just because of his health and his injuries. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's he's been in the NFL what 5 6 years. He's been productive two of them. So, I think he's a risk, but it's a risk worth taking. I mean, if anyone can, you know, track down a 97-yard throw by Josh Allen, it's John Johnny Brown. I like the I like the idea of that combination. And he did enough essentially the way it worked out for Brown. 
he had the sickle cell issue in Arizona and that, and then he couldn't stay on the field, wasn't effective. And then after eight weeks or so, he was having a Pro Bowl-type season with Joe Flacco last year, and that all wiped away once Lamar Jackson took over. But I guess the Bills, and I imagine other teams, saw enough. All right, so he stayed healthy all year, and he showed with a quarterback that could sling it. He could put up numbers. We're sold. I like the Bills signing there. Nothing they do really makes offseason news. So last year when their GM, Billy not Brandon Bean, said, Look, we got to take a one-year penalty on the cap. We got to mortgage our future. We, we're not going to be that competitive this year. We're rebuilding. Yeah, they're out of ca- they're out of cap jail now, and they're, they're making a better team. I I kind of like what the Bills are doing. And I don't I don't think these are major name splashes. People, Cole Beasley isn't going to move uh, units, but uh, he's really friendly for the quarterback. Yeah, yeah, no, Stop that's it. good. But but it does. And I saw there was an article I think on SI today talking about where players like to go. Ultimately, I saw that too. It is money, and it, these guys are all coming to Buffalo because Buffalo is paying them. And that, yeah, Tyler that, Croft is, is going wherever you're paying him whatever they paid him, which was a lot, eighteen million dollars. That was one of the more surprising ones. I mean, Mitch Morse right now is, I think, just about the highest paid center in the league for a very average, you know, center. So like that's generally not how you get ahead long term, and a lot of those type of offensive line contracts have not necessarily worked out unless you have the, the system and, and the players around around them to make it. Well, what's also expensive is Josh Allen getting taken out in week four right up the middle of the line because you have no center the way they were last year. Uh, and, Greg, yes, yeah, so let's touch on the inconvenient career finale. Uh, well, it might not. It, it, we've we've thought that it would be a finale for the last couple of years, and he keeps going. And he needs about 600 more yards, I think, to go up to number three. Is it all time? So that's going to be tough as Lashawn McCoy's backup. I hate him being in Buffalo because Miami was such a perfect last spot. You want him to be with a contender, but he's still playing pretty well. It says College a lot. Days. He's a 30. Four-year-old running back who's still getting signed before free agency even starts. But how about I mean, he's older than 34. There's something to that, 35. Wait, flip he's, got, side. he's almost 36. Flip side, Greg. And I would never judge a man for getting an offer and jumping at it, but I will question it a little bit, the idea of jumping at the first offer he got as opposed to maybe finding a place that could use him and he'd still get some carries, but also maybe not end the season with a rebuilding, end his career with a rebuilding team. I mean, That's he's right. had the same age in his whole career, uh, or, that's not true, actually, but Drew Rosenhaus is now. I think he had a, a sense of the market. He's at the stage of his career. You have to take the offer that you get. Right. There's no guarantee that that he was going to get multiple offers. I'm sure. I'm sure he, from the sound of it, he wanted to go back to the 49ers. That wasn't happening, and you take what you can get. Uh, since we brought up another uh, guy from the U, Lashawn. I mean, that's they have three guys over 30 in their backfield: Ivory, McCoy, and. Is Rainbow. Ivory still going to be there? Probably they cut, cut Chris Ivory. Uh, since we brought up Mitch Morris, let's talk about the other big center on the market. The Panthers agreed to terms with Matt Paradis, formerly uh, of the Denver Broncos, a three-year, $27 million pack. This one, uh, as a Jets fan, stings a little bit because I, I really wanted the uh, New York to grab Paradis, and Carolina made the move, though. They got it done, so you add a, a very steady player to the center of your line. He's coming off. A serious uh, leg injury that ended last se- ended his uh, 2018 season prematurely, but he's said to be ready uh, to play by June. So that's a nice pickup by the Panthers. They had really seen an exodus of players over the past two months on that roster. It's nice to see them add one for once, and they had some work to do on this offensive line. They still have work to do at left tackle, so maybe they'll address that in the draft. It was weird how dismissive John Elway was about Matt Paradis when asked. It's like the one good offensive lineman market, that I they've think. that they've found over the last few years, and he just like seemed totally uninterested in resigning him. I didn't. Maybe it's the broken leg. 
Yeah. Uh, Mark Brown's news. Sheldon Richardson, an old uh, New York Jet who's bounced around looking for another uh, multi-year contract. Well, he got it. A three-year, $36 million deal uh, with the Browns. Uh, the Browns who also got Olivier Vernon in the building via trade last week. Of course, Miles Garrett on that line. We touched on it with Charlie. You like this one? I do. I mean, I don't think they're spending completely unwisely in free agency, and you have Vernon Garrett, Sheldon Richardson, and Larry Ogunjobi, who you put them along with Jannard Avery. That's a pass rush. And they they still struggled last year. I think they were 21st or 22nd in sacks. There was a lot of pressure. There were moments where I thought Cleveland could have ended a couple close games that they were in that they lost because they couldn't quite get to the quarterback. This will help with that. I think that uh, Richardson is an upgrade over Trevin Coley. And, you know, he, I know he's been – he's bounced around. I guess there – we've heard enough about him to know that there's stuff going on behind the scenes at times. But I don't have a problem with this signing for Cleveland. It kind of surprised me just because it's hard to know who's on anyone's radar. But it's not someone I ever would have imagined in a Browns uniform. I guess if you get two good years out of him, it's a win. There aren't many better defensive lines in the NFL, on paper at least. I mean, we have to see how the new defensive coordinator uh, uses Richardson and Vernon, but – Larry Ogunjobi had a really good year. Yes, I like damn. Lot. Yep. You're right. That's one of the best defensive lines in the NFL. Richardson had been on this these one-year deals because they had a team stock. Really that good was, year last that year. That was how to keep motivated. He started off like an all-pro, definitely faded pretty hard by the end of the year. So there's a concern how many snaps do you use him. But I, I think it's fine. Just use him 400. Well, and they can use snaps. the draft. They can go with their first. They have 10 picks again. And you don't have to reach for someone or a certain position. Now. It's a two-year deal. It's 21 guaranteed in the first two years. So it's. I mean, it is a three-year deal, but all, like all these deals, it's really a two-year deal that they're making. A, and Sheldon Richardson commit. often does not stick around for more than one. So we'll. And what, what ended his Jet career was off-the-field issues and being a knucklehead. And we haven't really heard anything in the last couple of years. So maybe he has uh, straightened himself out. In which case, that feels like a great signing. The Titans make a move. Uh, to fortify their interior line. Roger Saffold leaves the Rams uh, and agrees to terms uh, with the Titans on a four-year, $44 million deal and includes $22.5 million guaranteed. Uh, where did he fall, Greg? He was pretty high in the top 101. Top 25. And one the of the top-ranked linemen, I, I assume. I love what the Titans are doing. Adam Humphreys in the slot, Roger Saffold, two positions of need, and that offensive line has been too inconsistent. Roger Saffold, I, you know, that Rams offensive line, especially early in the year, really paved some huge holds for Todd Gurley. I, I love this fit. Compared to the other guard signings, he seems like a relative bargain. Like uh, guys who seem much worse than him, like Billy Turner or whatever, are getting almost <laughs> as much, you know, guaranteed money or Mitch Morris. You know, I, you know, Saffold seems like a very safe bet. Billy Turner's contract has, like, retired linemen doing exercises <laughs> in the room to see if they can get ready to go back. <laughs> Uh, Let's move on. Hey, uh, Terrell Suggs leaves the Ravens after a million years. Thomas Davis also moving west. 14 years with the Panthers. He signs a two-year, $20.5 million deal uh, with the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, What's left in the tank of Thomas Davis, Wes, uh, at this point in his career? I think he lost a step last year but was still playing. I mean, he wasn't a guy you had to hide. It's just that he's not. he and Keekley weren't what they were five years ago. But it does make me wonder how different the Chargers' defense will be this year, whereas last year, out of necessity, they played so much dime defense and they played a lot of safeties at linebacker. It looks like they're going more traditional this year. I want to see, like, 
Twenty million dollars for this is the most surprising contract we've seen. I want to see the deal. It feels like it's almost phony. Like, how could Thomas Davis be making ten million dollars a year at this stage? I, I am I I kinda don't believe it. I suspect it's more like a one year six or seven million dollar contract. And even that's a lot for a linebacker of that age. I, I mean, mean the Davis family hopes it's not totally phony. Right. I There's mean, also talk that they're they're going after Earl Thomas. I mean, he's like an NFL man of the year. You know, he's about as like well respected a guy as there is in the NFL, and I think that that certainly has some premium. They I'm needed surprised. linebacker help. Surprised. All right, Mark, your boy, Mark Ingram. My dog, Mark, with a C. He's been replaced in New Orleans. Latavius Murray agrees to a four-year, fourteen point four million dollar deal uh, with the Saints, so he will join Alvin Kamara, and your boy, Mark Ingram is moving on. Uh, take us through how you feel personally first. It's weird because both of those guys were on that USO trip I went to, and I remember we were in Germany towards the end of the trip, and you know, you knew that Ingram was in a contract year, and, Le- and Latavius Murray likely was in his final year with the Vikings, and everyone was eating dinner and kind of talking about how cool it would be if like, they were a, a duo backfield somewhere else. This is not how I thought uh, Mark Ingram would have uh, had this play out necessarily mm. where his they became very good friends during it. Mm. They were super tight, and one just takes the other's job. Inside story it's here. Interesting scene. At, nice least, at least three Saints teammates on Twitter begging Mark Ingram to come back and saying how much he means to that locker room, how much he means to their chemistry. Um, he was certainly a well-liked guy in New Orleans. If you're with him, like I, honestly, he is. There is even when with Alvin Kamara, when wanted to make initially, oh, is there some sort of rivalry here? And then they just did all their interviews together. Like he's loved and he is loved by those guys, and like you want to keep him around. He's been there his entire career. It sounded like he got offered something similar and thought and probably can do a little better, and so it came down to money. And Murray's really well-liked and probably one of the more thoughtful. You know, he's, he kind of has a rep. He always wins, like, the media good guy award. He's, you know, just known as a thoughtful guy. So it seems like eh, nice replacement if you're going to replace Yeah. Him. All right. It's um, about a quarter after five Eastern time on a Tuesday. As of right now in this moment of recording, this is the, bi- the big names who are still out there. Le'Veon Bell, Earl Thomas. Justin Houston, K.J. Wright, and Dominican Sue. Haven't heard much about him. Some quiet markets. Ziggy Ansah, our old friend, La Cid's favorite player. Remember she banked on him leading the league in sacks once? Cost her a sandwich. Yeah, she needed tw- – yeah, I think he had two that year. She's still super <laughs> pissed about that, she told me. Tevin Coleman feels like that's – you know, they're just waiting for, for the Le'Veon uh, Bell sign- signing. So uh, those are some big names still out there. So while there's been a ton of work and there will be a ton more uh, signings to come, some big fish still out there in the sea. I mean, Le'Veon Bell's dropping his new album at midnight tonight as free agent – in theory, the day that free agency – Starts. And that's next level. Life's a gamble. You know, check it out. Really. Uh, or don't. You don't have to. Or yet. don't. But it like the <laughs> the the cover is him rolling some dice. It's got four aces. It's like oh I, if he can somehow sync up this album release and that's why he's waiting to sign on Wednesday. And it's oh, all he's connect- definitely doing that. In, so, connected in some way. I just I love it. If you told I, me I like how silly, it is only slightly how tedious silly it is. as a Jets fan. If you told me I had to listen to the entire Le'Veon Bell uh, <laughs> album. Before he went to the Jets, I don't know if he's on the Jets. I think Tevin Coleman's <laughs> my running back in a couple of months. Should we put a sandwich on Earl Thomas' landing spot? You want to do that? Let's let's do it. All right. 
I'll just go with the field, which would be the cow. Not the field. I will go with the favorite. I wish I say could the Cowboys. I take the field. I'm going to go Niners be- because I think the Cowboys might have already f- found a way to do this. Although maybe this whole safety market's crazy, but it I'm sure go is. Niners. This one is completely out of left field, and I'll probably be way off. The Bears are shedding salaries for for something. They're clearing some room for something. And they lost their safety, Adrian Amos. No, that's not going to happen. Sorry. They they had been. <laughs> I'm going off. They that. had. There are a lot of people w- 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 you know, a while ago linking them to Le'Veon Bell too. Well, they also had one of the weirdest since they came up. We haven't had a chance to say it. Signings in free agency, which was Mike Davis for two years, six million. I guess they're going to trade or cut Jordan Howard. But I was really surprised Mike Davis got. You know, like first day free agent money. They signed Buster Screen. I'm going the Chargers. How about Gus Bradley gets his old guy back? All right. I'm also going Chargers. All right. So we got Cowboys, Chargers. 49ers. 49ers. Sandwich on the line. One other name that's been quiet the market, uh, Wes, Jared Cook. It has been. That's I haven't heard anything about him. A guy that you think would have a bigger market, and perhaps it's all being done cloak and dagger, but usually you hear I agree. He's dropping an album, too, and waiting just until a couple hours from now to announce. It's like a Jimmy Buffett covers album. Very strange release, but he's hoping to move some units. All right. Nice work, guys. Tuesday, show in the books. Tomorrow, Wednesday, another pod. That is when the 2019 league year begins. So a lot of this stuff becomes official. You know, maybe some other snakes will walk out on handshake deals uh, before uh, before that happens. But 4 p.m. Eastern is when all this stuff gets set in stone. And, and I assume the next time you hear from us, we'll be able to talk about Le'Veon Bell and where he is. Free agency opens at 4 p.m. Eastern and closes at 5 p.m. Eastern. <laughs> and we are on a beach by Friday. All right. That's it. Stan Hans is signing off for Quiet Storm. The mailman, the old boss, Kemp Brown behind the glass, and thank you to Charlie Casserly. Squeezing the sand, see? Love that guy. All right. Till Wednesday.